I'm Pete Primo. This is the podcast for furniture and mattress store owners who want to make more money without the BS. Welcome to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. If you own a furniture or mattress store or you work in one, this is a podcast for you. Doug, time goes by so fast. This is already episode number 20. Yeah. And we are with the brand manager from Restonic, Julia Rosen. How are you today, Julia? I am fabulous. Thank you for asking, and thanks for having me on today. I'm so excited to talk with both of you. Well, we are excited to talk about somebody who's described as creative, energetic, an expert on social media and communications with a writing and editorial background. Well, that sounds like a very big uh, resume. You should have the right one there? <laughs> I got it all from Furniture Today. Uh, oh, okay. Well, let's be right. It's in Furniture Today. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to talk about how to handle negative reviews, but before we get into that, I just have to compliment you. I, uh, I am kind of a half-baked marketer, which means I've just got into it in the last three to four years. And some of the pop-ups and the sign-ups and the newsletters and the things that you're doing to create community uh, with your audience is just uh, absolutely uh, commendable and unusual in our industry. So you are an absolute breath of fresh air in our industry. And so thank you very much for everything you do for us. Well, thank you, Pete. I appreciate that. But I have to be honest with you. I love the digital space. Uh, you know, my background, I was an editor and a journalist for many years, and I love writing everything about communication. But the digital space allows for immediate feedback, immediate course correcting, immediate conversation. There is everything about it is exciting because brands no longer are this static entity that you have to go through all these gates to talk to them. There are real people behind these brands. And from a brand perspective, we haven't even we haven't even gone below the surface in that iceberg that we're all standing on right now. There is so much more yet to explore. So it's an exciting time for us right now. A hundred years from now, they'll be talking about us like we were inventing the printing press and culture and life is changing hundred percent. It is. It's uh, it's changing extremely fast and uh, I just had like the Daniel Boone song going through my mind. <laughs> so, and you're right. Entrepreneurs, explorers, blazing trails. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Doug, what you got, man? You got some questions? I don't. I don't know that I have enough. I have enough time for all the questions that I might have for for you, Julia. <laughs> um, what I'm What I'm really interested in. I mean, we we see we see a lot of the the fresh content and the. The really interesting stuff that you put out. What I'm really interested in, I think, most to get started is tell me a little bit about your maybe your background and what got you originally sort of passionate about this this digital space. Uh, well, I started in the digital space probably 2003, 2004, long before Facebook was even a thing people realized, and I was doing it from an editorial perspective and. Uh, worked for a pregnancy magazine actually and was communicating with pregnant moms how to get quotes from them without having to call them and I've always worked remotely so it was a huge boon for me as a journalist and an editor to be able to talk to my community right away 
and get the information I needed. And I went into the digital space, and I want to say a, a total digital space. I was working for a, um, a digital magazine in 2005, 2006. And so the whole world opened up then because I'd gone from print to digital. And then I wanted to try my hand and say, well, you know, I knew this really worked journalistically. I knew that I could talk to people about things they wanted to read about. But could I actually communicate from a brand perspective? Could I swing that channel a little bit so that people not only wanted to hear from the brand, but they actually wanted to open up their wallets and buy something from that brand? And so that was a personal challenge for me. And when I, so my first foray into that was in the mattress industry. And I worked for a manufacturer, a mattress manufacturer, and when I joined them, they thought I had two heads when they said that we should be on Facebook. Like, I that's one of for college kids. Who does that type of thing? And so we brought them into Facebook and Twitter, and we were doing some really out-of-the-box stuff that nobody was doing yet. And I can remember standing at an industry event and talking with a bunch of people and Somebody asked what, I'm not going to say the name of the brand, but it was an S brand, what they were going to be doing on Facebook, what their next campaign was. And the person they were talking to, they didn't know I was standing right behind them. And they said, oh, just watch the brand that I was working for. You'll be, you'll be seeing this brand do it a month from now. And to me, that was like the hugest compliment because yeah. I knew at that point we were leading, but I didn't realize that the industry itself was you know, taking a peek over our shoulder and learning from what we were doing. So it's been an exciting journey going from journalism to PR to brand communication, but unbelievable potential in what we're doing in the industry now. So what is what would you say is the main sort of difference between communicating as an individual and communicating as a brand? Well, I think it would be the difference between speaking Swahili and speaking English. <laughs> there is no comparison talking. You can be a person on social media and you can be a digital native and have grown up with your iPad or your Blackberry or whatever it was you had in your hand from birth, but that does not mean you know how to communicate from a brand perspective. There needs to be strategy, business acumen. There has to be uh, a clear vision of what you where you want the company to go and how you're going to move that needle to get you there. So... I think being on social media from a, from a you know any perspective, if when I'm hiring somebody, they have to be on social media. They have to understand what that is. But they need the training and the the business acumen to actually communicate from a brand. It's, there's there's no comparison. So you're saying that the retailers I've talked to, where their strategy has been, well, we'll just hire an 18 year old and give them our Facebook password. That's the that's a bad plan. Yeah, I would say it's a bad plan. <laughs> In general, right? There's always outliers. There's lots of kids that are smart and they're sure. they're ready to take it to the next level. But you know, if your Twitter stream or Facebook stream is littered with OMGs and LOLs, right. and you're linking to stuff that doesn't really drive your business forward, I was talking to one company, a very large mattress retailer, actually, and they had somebody very young on doing their digital strategy, and they were very happy with this. She seemed to be generating lots of great conversation, and she was. So she was building community. But every single complaint to the brand, she deleted. Ooh. Didn't respond, just deleted. She said, well, I don't want our, our stream to be filled up with negativity. Well, honey, right. you can talk right. about this a little bit. <laughs> right, right. Which is, which is acceptable on your personal account. Right? right. Somebody posts something on your personal account you don't like, you delete it. But different conversation. Swahili. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in the in the um, in the brand retailer business space, yeah, very yeah. interesting. <laughs> huh. Well, that was a good segue, Doug. 
<laughs> right into our topic. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 jump into that, Julia. So the the main topic that we wanted to discuss was you know how do how do businesses handle negative reviews? We've seen and we continue to see a, a lot of different sort of trends in the way businesses handle this. Um, you know, on social media, but also in places like Yelp and Google, and you know, all over the all over the the internet, and we see people that you know they they would delete it off their Facebook page if they can, but you can't delete it off um, off Google, okay. <laughs> right? Okay. And so, how how would you recommend, or or how do you coach, or um, or um, give advice to those retailers that that get a negative review, and how do they manage that? Well, so first of all, you have to start with your end in mind and understand that you're, you want reviews. Everybody wants reviews because that's how you get found. So positive, negative, neutral, doesn't matter. You need reviews. What, really quick, let me, let me jump in. What, what is the value of reviews online? Because I, I think there are even some retailers that may, may not be exactly sure. Who cares if I have good reviews, bad reviews, or any reviews? What's the value of even having a review? Okay, so the, that's a good place to start. The value of having a review is you can have a website that has your products listed that you sell, but unless your website is sending social signals to Google that you're relevant and you're viable in the marketplace, you're missing a huge traffic stream coming to your website. So people look for reviews. Uh, Rastonic actually has engaged in a huge research project this year, which we'll be releasing in um, January 2016, and the amount of people, the percentage across all generations, millennials, Gen Xers, baby boomers, we're talking 70 plus percent of people check reviews before they buy a, before they buy their purchase. So not only are you are you looking at your end consumer and giving them information about how people like your products, you're also sending signal to the search engines. Yes, you're viable in this marketplace. So it's a double-prong issue there, and you can't ignore either one of those because if people can't find you on the web, they won't shop from you. It's as simple as that. If I'm out shopping for something and I can't find a store on a website, I simply don't go there. I, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I have four kids. I have a, a career. My husband works as well, obviously, and we, I just don't have time to go to 10 different stores to see a product if I'm going to buy it, and I'm not, I'm not unique in that. I'm very, very typical of the... The shopper today. Yeah, yeah. Jenny uh, buys almost everything online now. I mean, it's mm -hmm. amazing. Amazon. I mean, all the Amazon boxes we get to our house. It's just amazing. I should <laughs> just buy buy stock in the place. Right. And you know, speaking from a personal perspective, I'm very much the same in that um, when I do go to brick and mortar, it's to buy something that I already know what I'm going to buy. So I'm, I'm even spending less time in brick and mortars today. Um, a perfect example, just this weekend I bought a pair of shoes and I did my research and I went to pick up the pair. It's not to buy anymore. I went to pick up. Wow. Like, and so I think, I think that's, a, that's a great point. And, uh, gosh, 70% or, or better check reviews. That's unbelievable. And in our industry, very, very few retail sales associates actually suggest people go write a review when they're happy with the product. Yeah. And very, very few sales associates also suggest that they go read the view reviews to help them feel more confident about their buying choice. So there's a real disconnect in our industry. People are writing and reading reviews. People on this end doing the buying are not being coached that they need to contribute to that stream as well. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So... It's 
Yeah, so the, so the reviews are important, absolutely 100%. Now, the whole thing about negative or positive reviews, that's a real misnomer, I think, in the industry because everybody's afraid of a negative review. But as a consumer, when I go to review something and I want to buy something, say we'll, we'll take something outside the industry, I want to go to a hotel. If I go read the reviews in that hotel, if all the reviews are glowing and wonderful and sunshine and roses, there's a good chance I'm going to think, I bet you some of those reviews are planted by that hotel, mm-hmm. that there's people there that are being paid to review that, because nobody is that awesome. Nobody is. Right. We all mess up. We all have issues in our stores where a customer leaves unhappy and they need to be resolved. So if nothing is negative there. I don't believe it. I'm probably not going to go there simply because it's all too good to be true. <laughs> right. So, and if it's all negative, I'm going to think the same thing. A competitor has ambushed this hotel's website, it can't be all that bad. Or maybe it can if they're really, you know, if they've got really specific things about that. You know? <laughs> or if we go to multiple review sites and they're all negative. So you have, we have to give our consumers credit that they're intelligent, critical thinkers and that they need to see the whole picture. So to be afraid of a negative review is a little short-sighted. We need to have both the positive and negative. Now, if you get a negative review, that's an that's a great opportunity to change, turn that customer into a raving fan because you can, you can turn most situations around. Now, I know there's lots of situations we can't turn around. Some people you just can't make happy. But your review is your best opportunity to reach new customers and to make those you know, already customers into fans. So you, that's where social media comes into play in that this really is your community, your tribe. And there's lots of places for, for you to commune with them and to be part of their world and to add value to their world. But there's a few places where you can sin as well. And, you know, that's where the review comes into play. But the review can be your salvation if you learn to handle the review properly. Now, not all negative reviews are negative, And I think that's where we get caught up in the mattress industry in particular. For example, I was in a store. I bought this bed. I thought it was going to be a softer bed. I'm not happy that it's a firm bed. It's, it's too hard on my back. But somebody that's reading that review might be actually looking for a very firm bed. So it may not be a negative review in that that person has given really good quantifiers why they don't like that bed. To me, that's an excellent review. It's not, I love this or I hate this. It's giving really good reasons why they don't like it. Somebody reading it might go, I just need a firm bed. That's exactly what I need. That bread is too firm for that guy. It's got to be the bed for me. So not all negative, now, that still, customer still needs to be made happy and still needs to be actually taken on that, but that negative review, it's all you look at it, right? It's not, may not be negative. That's a great perspective. Uh, so don't be afraid of a negative review, and a negative review is an opportunity to create Raven fans. Right. I, I love that. So what is your recipe? Um, do you have a formula that you use or a process that you go through? Uh, to to coach retailers on how to handle the negative review to turn it into a situation where we have a customer that's now happy and um, turn it into a positive review maybe. Sure, uh, Pete, I'll be happy to share the secret sauce that we use at Vistonic. Well, <laughs> Thank you. You like Burger King, but I'm going to share your recipe. Is okay? <laughs> I won't tell Ron. <laughs> You know what? It's a simple strategy, but like most strategies that are simple, it's like losing 10 pounds. It might be simple, but it's really hard to do sometimes. 
So I'll, I'll give it to you because I think it is probably the and I think anything that I can do to elevate the industry as a whole when it comes to responding to reviews, I think is good because we need to get better at it. The yeah. internet is not a trend; it's not going away. <laughs> so it's, it's a it's a really simple strategy. So you're listening; it's got three ingredients to it. Okay. Number one, say thank you. You that person who has posted the negative review has given you an opportunity to make it right. And by saying thank you in a public arena, remember, you're in a fishbowl. Everybody can see in. So if you say thank you, you immediately, you're, you're showing your appreciation. You've given us an opportunity. Number two, I'm sorry. I don't care whether or not the brand is right, the store is right, the consumer is right, the cat is right. I don't care who's right in this situation or who's wrong. As soon as you apologize, you diffuse that person's anger. They understand that you're not coming at it from, a, you know, you're not going to fight them on this. They're coming at it from a perspective that I'm here to help you. Thank you. I'm really sorry this happened to you. Not, I'm sorry that so-and-so did this to you or that the product was wrong. Just, I'm sorry this happened to you. It's a simple statement. Sure. And number three, the hardest one to do and the hardest one actually to follow through is to get their contact information and call them. Because... Getting it offline, first of all, you don't put anything in writing, so nobody can copy and paste and it goes all over the world because you've written this terrible email about how the customer was wrong and they're lying and all that stuff. So you, you take it off digital right away. When you talk to a person on a phone, you can, you can read their, their voice a little bit better. You can, you can make it a conversation. Now, that's also where it's really tricky because you, as a, the sales associate or the store owner, You've got to take your emotions out of that equation and talk to them and listen to them and try to find the best solution without getting angry back at them. And we all, anybody that's been in customer service knows when somebody is angry and they've bought something, they're emotionally charged. They're, you know, they could be yelling, they could be angry, they could be crying. It, you know, you are the person that all that energy is directed at. And it's really difficult to stay calm in that situation. It's the only way to do it, though, right? Is to stay calm to get all the details, be the fact finder, and then to go back. But always follow up with a phone call. Keep it off digital at that point. Because everything you've done in terms of your, your review strategy, you set the tone for that fishbowl. You've said thank you, you've said I'm sorry, you've said let's talk. Anybody looking at that review goes, wow, this brand gets it. They understand customer service. If I have a problem and I buy something from this brand, I know they're going to listen to me. You've done your job. Right. And... Uh do you, do you encourage the customer after you resolve it? I should say if you resolve it and there's a happy resolution, do you encourage them to take it back online or do absolutely. you just let it go? No, absolutely. Okay. There is, there is absolute power. And, if, and a lot of the retailers that I work with they, that, that you know, live and die by their Yelp reviews or their, their Google Plus reviews, they understand that. If they can make somebody happy after there's been a negative review... That has huge power in the review world because then people can follow that progression of what happened. Now, it doesn't always work that way. As you know, there are some customers that you can just simply not make happy. So if that happens with a customer and we've gone and we've done everything we can and say the customer comes back on and they post, I'm still not happy, I hate this product, I hate everybody that works there, you're all a bunch of idiots, you know, we've all seen that. Yeah. So you can come back on as the brand and, and then you can list all the things you've done. We called you on this day. We tried to do this. We tried to do that. We called you back on that day. 
I'm sorry, but we are waiting for you now, or there's just simply nothing else we can do, and be honest. But it's a good opportunity for people then to see you're still following through in that conversation. You're trying. You're trying. And you know what? Communities are very good at self-regulating nowadays. Yeah. I have seen more of that happen on Facebook pages, and then everybody that likes the Facebook page, they jump on the, the consumer's back, the one that's ranting and raving for no good reason and saying, and then they start, start to regulate that consumer rather than you as the brand doing it. And, and, you know, when you see that, that is so powerful when another consumer is jumping in and saying, hey, I love this store, you know. I don't, this is not my experience, and, and you get some people kind of jumping in there, and uh, that is more powerful than anything you could say or do, but you actually caused it to happen by mm-hmm. being who you always are, by being open, by saying thank you, by saying I'm sorry and meaning it, and by taking the extra effort to get this thing offline on a phone conversation and trying your, your darndest to try to resolve it. And, and people will see that effort and reward you for that effort. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a, it's a long haul, this process. It is not a short-term play at all. And it's, it's, you know, you're in the school of hard knocks. And a lot of people are doing this stuff without any social media training. And, and, and a lot of retailers will say, how do I do this in social media? It's so foreign to me. It's actually not that foreign. It's no different than you have a conversation with somebody in your store it's just that it's online, and so that it's, it's the, the printed word, it's a black and white medium, it's hard to get that emotional resonance because you're not talking to somebody, but if you just look at it like a conversation and not put so much pressure around yourself, then it, it's a lot easier to do it. Doug, that's awesome. We got the it, secret sauce out of Julia. There you go. She gave it up. You have the keys to the kingdom now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I really love about this? I, I love how simple it is and how and how there's there there are only a couple of variables here. And and I think that the the important thing just that I sort of pull out of out of this is that customers they just want to be heard. Right? And if you're giving them the opportunity to be heard by letting them know you saw what they posted, letting them know that you know you're 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 thankful for the feedback, telling them you're sorry that that happened to them. Not I'm sorry that you had a bad experience, but I'm really sorry that you are feeling what you're feeling right now. And then giving them an opportunity to have the conversation, whether on the phone or in person. I think it's. I mean, it 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 seems really simple, but I also think it's magic. Right and giving customers an opportunity to be heard, I, I really believe that it's not so much uh, in business about doing the right things all the time. It's about doing the right things when you screw up. That's when you make great lifelong the the raving fans, Julia, that you were talking about before. Yeah. Um, and it's you know to to your point, it's it's a long play. It's not this isn't a short game, right? Because uh, you know I think if I think if we sit in a position where we're reactive reacting to our customers and not focusing on online reviews all the time, right? From our just our satisfied customers. Because we all know that satisfied customers don't write reviews. Only polar, people that are really crazy happy like over the top or really crazy mad over the top. And if we're not being proactive, I think we're and really like deliberate, we end up being falling sort of victim to those polars which aren't a representation of our company, typically. That's right. That's 
right? And that's why it's really important to have a review strategy in place on the sales floor. Yeah. So that when somebody buys a product, that you're encouraging them to go write a review when they're happy with it, that you follow up with an email within 30 days of them buying that product. It's, it's no different than sitting at a restaurant and the waitress or waiter comes over a few minutes after you've received your appetizers. Is everybody happy with everything? Do, I, do you need anything else? You're still, especially with a mattress, you're still in that tasting phase of that mattress. But it means a lot when the brand steps in in that tasting phase and says, we'd love it if you write a review. And at that point, you're feeling listened to. You're feeling right. really attended to as a customer. You're going to write a good review. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Tell me this. This is this is one thing I always always find interesting. Why do you think there are so many companies that 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 don't focus on that? They they would say, I think on paper, if they if you gave them a test, they would check the box. Yes, reviews are really important. But why don't they follow through and and have their have that strategy in place? What do you think that is? Well, I think it's no different than why are some companies not doing social media when they know they should be, or why are they not looking at their SEO, their search engine optimization that's bringing traffic to their website when they know they should be. The digital space is still very, very new. If you think about Facebook, it came really into play from a business strategy, I would say 2008, 2009, and there was still that was still considered early adopters of that. That's less than 10 years ago, and so people have been selling mattresses for you know, a hundred years in right. the U.S., right? So to ask them to make a change in that sort of a period, I think, is it's difficult. They think that it's probably important, but they don't understand the long-term relevance of it, and they don't have the, the wherewithal to do it. They don't have the communication skills. They don't have the time or the resources. They don't know uh, how to do it. They don't know what they should be communicating from their own store perspective. There's like so many variables that they stand there and go, okay, I know reviews are important, but I don't know the first step to do that. I don't know how to get there. Interesting. So what is the what is the next step, Pete? What what do you see out there? How do, how are you as a let's talk about from a from a rep perspective as a rep? How can you help your retailers understand that that gap between knowing? Right, that it's important and actually making it important and doing well, the things that they should be doing. That's a that's a great question, and, and you know the first step is knowing yourself. Okay, that's the very first step. Most reps don't know the steps that Julia just gave us. They don't. Right. They don't yeah. get it, and they don't understand it. And while if you ask them, you know, are online reviews important? They would say yes. But do they really know why? Do they do they understand SEO and why it's so important and how important it is to create community? And you can't create community without positive reviews. It's almost part of the backbone. It's part of the machine that you use to kind of create it. So I would say it's the same exact reason why retailers don't do it the reps don't know either and so this is what I would say to my fellow reps it's incumbent on you to learn every aspect of this business and to be a resource for your dealers so um, here's an invitation to all reps on September 15th and 16th in Columbus Ohio I'm having an open house which I'm calling Mattress Success Summit Simon Aronowitz is going to be a speaker there 
he's going to talk about how to get five line five star online reviews you guys should be there come it's free um, my retailers are coming and the one thing we're talking about referrals we're talking about all kinds of things at this mattress success summit but the most important thing that people are asking me the most questions about is this very subject you know how to handle a negative online review how to get a five-star online review and it all goes back to exactly what Julia said at the beginning we are in an in industry right now where we're just kind of crawling we're not even walking yet when it comes to the digital space we're really we're really not and if our owner doesn't have awareness of how important these online reviews are and a strategy and that involves part of your job as a salesperson is to get the customer to give us an online review and part of your job as a salesperson is to use our positive online reviews with this customer to help close the sale so everybody in the organization really needs to understand how important this is um, we are just literally walking um, and we we need to get up to speed with the rest of the world um, I love this industry and I love the fact that Julie is here and you're here Doug because uh, you guys are bringing a lot of this very important information to the forefront and we just you know we can't talk about it too much because it's so important um, yeah. one of the things that I say you've heard me say this a lot if you don't if you say I don't like online media you know I don't I don't understand social media I'm not on Facebook as a business owner that's okay for your personal use but don't think that your business is not free from the consequences of online reviews because it's not you right. could be destroyed and not even know it that's right. a horrible position to put you and your employees in because you chose to put your head in the sand when it comes to online reviews we really have to all become better at this so here's my question to you guys what does some online review sites and the mafia have in common <laughs> oh no the answer is they extort money from innocent people that just want to run a nice honest business so one of the things that I say when I'm talking to my dealers is don't be the victim of an online review site yeah it's a tool it's out there we need to use it and we we need to be smart we need to use the secret sauce that Julia just so graciously gave us um, and we need to use it well and we need to use all resources and all tools to benefit our business and to help grow our business and that's all I got to say I'm sorry brother no, no you, you know, just I like think, made me go on a rant <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it could be easy for retailers or reps or just people in our business to sort of listen to this and say you know those all seem like really simple easy things but what are some examples so Julie what are what are some examples that you could think of of businesses or or even individuals in this branding space that are doing a really good job that that retailers could sort of look at and sort of model themselves after well you know if there's one thing I'm really good at it's shameless self-promotion so yeah, there you go Stonic's doing a good job they are you are you are Julia you're doing an awesome job but you know what I think 
to be honest with you, to answer your question and to, to comment a bit on what you talked about, Pete, is that this is a hard thing, not only for your dealers, but for your reps, because we're talking learning a new language. So if you're going to sell my product, if, I, if you're a dealer and, and I'm making a Rostonic mattress that I want you to sell, it's incumbent on me to make sure you have the tools you need to communicate to your customers. You're selling our beds. You're supporting our dreams by selling our beds. So as a manufacturer, I need to do everything I possibly can to make sure you have what you need. So that means social media updates, um, blog posts, which Sonicville does with our digital publishing program. All the content we create on social media make it available to our retailers. And we also offer our retailers some uh, training on how to do social media, how to put them up on their website. So from a brand perspective, I'm not asking my retailers to do anything that I don't have everything they need to do it with. So if you're selling products and nobody's giving you social media support, go back to those brands and say, what can you do for me? And I wouldn't say that I wasn't doing it. So if, if any of your listeners here today come to Rostonic and say, I need social media support, we're on it. I can give it to you because it's already created into a program that they can download and do themselves. Wow. So I wanted to comment on that, but I also want to comment on the whole review site and it being about, about the mafia. I think that that is a common perspective that review sites, they there's extortion going on, that they have something over us. But really, they're no different than Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest. Somebody has figured out a revenue model, and they've created a business around it. Facebook is not in and of itself valuable. If we took all of our content out of Facebook individually, my content is worth about $2.25. But it's collectively that it matters. So these people have actually figured out a business model. And it might feel like extortion because they're charging us money. But if you use it correctly, if you jump into those review sites and you understand how to communicate, it can be the biggest boon for your business that you never even dreamed possible. It's being afraid of it, not understanding it, looking at it like it's going to hurt you. That's where we run into trouble with our retailers because they're too afraid of it. They don't get it that if, if they just jump into it and learn everything they can about it, it's like going to the buffet and eating five times the amount of what they expect you to eat. You can do that on review sites. You can make it so that you're actually the one that's winning and not the people that own the review sites. Mm. Now, I will qualify that if we're talking about certain sites that are just posting negative reviews and we know those ones, the, the I'm not going to say them because I don't like the names, but <laughs> those are there are sites out there that are just for angry consumers. And right. anybody that goes to those sites, that's exactly what they're looking for, the worst of the worst. Yep. So right. you know what? As a brand or a retail store... You need to ignore those sites and focus on the ones that give unbiased, balanced reviews. And if you prop up and promote your reviews enough in your store so that people are posting good reviews, those negative reviews will fall down below the fold on the search engine results pages. So forget about them. Ignore them. You can't do anything about them anyway because you can't as a brand post on there. But you can post on Yelp, goodbed.com. You can have reviews on your own site. You can do so much more positivity just and just ignore the negativity that you can't manage it's awesome, awesome advice doug you got anything else you know julie this is this has just been great and i'm i'm so thankful that that you were willing to come on and sort of have this conversation i think aside from the social media aspect i think just just what you're what you do day in and day out is a great representation of what businesses should do more of which is just be generous on social 
just be generous in, in their digital digital meeting in uh, media and just give first. And you know, I'm so thankful that we have people like you out there that are that are demonstrating that with, with the way that they do business, not just with the content that they actually give. So, um, thank you for that. Help us um, help us out in, in sort of spreading the spreading the good news about you. How can people get more in touch or um, more connected with you? Well, we would love it if you followed us on Twitter at Rastonic Beds or come join the conversation in Facebook. Same thing, Rastonic Beds. We're also on Pinterest, LinkedIn, Google+. And we love when people come in and just want to ask questions about what we're doing with the with our mattresses, how to get a better night's sleep. And to be honest with you, we talk more about how to get a better night's sleep on Rastonic on social media than we do about mattresses at all. Mm. We've We've entered the conversation about making a good night's sleep a lifestyle choice. We've taken the bed out of the bedroom and we're talking about why sleep is important to your health. So if you want to join us on Rastonic Beds on Twitter or Facebook, you'll find that kind of content. Cool. Not about why this bed is the best bed for you or how many coils it has or how many inches of latex or memory foam it has because the end consumer is more concerned about just getting a good night's sleep. And by the way, we also have mattresses that will help you do that. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, Julia. That was uh, fantastic. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. And everybody, contact uh, Julia. Learn from her whether you um, buy Restonic or you don't. Um, she is somebody that you should follow. She is someone you should watch. I've learned a lot from her, uh, not only today, but before uh, we even met. So thank you very much, Julia. Thank you. It was my pleasure being here. I appreciate being able to talk to you guys. And if there's any questions that I can answer, if you want to know anything about social media in particular, you might want to ask me at Julia Rosine on Twitter rather than at Rastonic Beds. So either way is perfect. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. We love reviews at our podcast. They help us get found. Please review us at iTunes or Stitcher. And while you're there, please subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Primo Furniture Sales. For more tips on selling furniture and mattresses, go to PetePrimo.com. Till we meet again, sell a million. Thank you. <laughs>